Welcome to Luke and Lewis, very special guest episode. Welcome to the podcast, the most interesting man I know, Greeley. Welcome, mate. What an intro. Thank you. You're not the nicest, you're not the best man he knows, mm. but you are the most interesting. I'll take that. I think that's true. Rapper, doing comedy now, mm. being to prison. You've been homeless for most of our friendship, kinda. <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. There was, there was, there was a good, right up, yeah. good, good period of yeah, definitely homelessness. But but like a like a fun, a fun homeless, homelessness. You yeah. know, not, I would say nomadic behavior, mm. not really homeless. Like, you yeah. weren't begging; you were just like floating between yeah. couches. I'd say absolutely well, no reason to be homeless. Homeless. Yeah, that's what it was. I think I preferred it that way. <laughs> you I like that better than a bed? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, d- I don't now. I'm like yeah. in my 30s now, and it hurts. So, like, you know, I had a good like period of couch surfing where it was yeah. acceptable. But now, like, if I sleep on a couch, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. So, because it was maybe 18 months, I would talk to you every couple of weeks, and you would just be in a different state, in a yeah. different town, on a different couch. Yeah, I definitely. I lived. I called it the lurk. Yeah, like it's not being homeless; it's just lurking. Yeah, you know what I mean, and you just go. You're on a the professional lurk. lurker. Yeah, yeah, I definitely am. I was getting paid to do it. So. <laughs> yeah, so did it start off just like rap tours came like, and then that just turned into professionally lurking. You were like, well, "Oh, crash went for the show." Well, like when I was a teenager, I got kicked out of school, and I was sent to live with my father in America, mm. and he was a truck driver, and so I spent about nine months on the road with him in America, driving from LA to New York down through Texas. Mm. And then I did that for nine months, you know, and then came back to Tassie mm. and it was just like, oh, true. You know, you can't. Yeah, like beds are heaps place. overrated. Yeah, yeah. well, just yeah. like it's a small place, you know, it's like four hours to get from the top to the bottom where America, it takes a week to get from one side to the other. Mm. And so I, as soon as I got an opportunity to leave Tasmania, which was for rap battles in 2010, I just went with it. And yeah, I just, because I'd explored a country that I hadn't grown up. I just wanted to explore the country that we had and using hip-hop and rap battles at the time, which were blowing up heaps, was a perfect opportunity to make friends everywhere and, you know, find that hustle and keep moving. And And I assume you only are friends with people if they have a significantly sized couch. No, that's not true. I've slept on floors. I've slept. Uh, oh, really? They just sl- need kind of a residence. Almost. As long as they can rhyme words together, I'm sweet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot harder now. You know, you've got a girl. Like yeah. I got a call from Greeley when he was coming here. And he goes, "Oh man, you know, can we stay at yours?" I said, "Yeah, man, I've got a great big couch." And he goes, "Ooh." Just a couch? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, ah, I'll find somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> Needs at least a double bed, you know, yeah, a guest exactly. room. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm growing up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm growing so up. How old are you now? I'm 31. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so you just moved on from your couch. Yeah, I turned 30 when I was in prison and I was like, yeah, I can't. <laughs> I, 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 I can't be doing this forever. You know what I mean? And I was like in Supermax, stuck in a cell with this bloke called Dennis. I think I talked about him on this other podcast. And yeah, that was a pivotal day for me well, where I was like... You know, I I need to have a bit more stability in my life. So the so the and clock. Strikes. Did you and Dennis celebrate? He didn't even say happy birthday until oh. about nine p.m. I was mm. sitting on the top bunk the whole time, just like, when's this cunt gonna say it? 
<laughs> I had to listen to him take a shit this morning. <laughs> Wake up it was my birthday present. You <laughs> the know, least like, you could do is yeah. just a happy birthday mid shit. Yeah. And an apology. Yeah. So um, maybe we should just do a quick recap for I people mean, of who Greeley is. As quick as we can, anyway. I feel like we've, we've really set the tone early of mm. who he is as a person. Mm-hmm. But I guess we could tell people what he's accomplished. <laughs> but I think we uh, people can grasp who Greeley is. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Australian hip hop artist. Yes, uh, you've been like in heaps and heaps of rap battles. Like yeah. you would like if like watch any rap battle before 2017. Greeley's either in it or in the background of it. Yeah, yeah. I used to host a lot of them. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, battled all around the country, battled everyone that was the best at the time. Mm-hmm. And I've also like more these days. I've I've built myself of co- contributing to hip hop culture and helping like. The young guys come up and I'm really about the culture of it. And, um, yeah, so that's what I've kind of established myself as, as someone that's always given back to the sort of, I guess, traditional scene of Australian hip-hop. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'd say like... You, uh, like, help guys come up like guys at Wombat? Yeah. And stuff like that? Yeah, I saw... I found Wombat when he was just starting out and he'd had a couple songs and videos out there. And I really, like, I took him to the studio, made a bunch of videos for him and spent a year just pushing him. Yeah. And, you know, look at Wombat now. He's, on, he's huge. He's huge. And he's yeah. about to go on tour and, you know, he's already selling out two, sh- every, you know, two shows in every city. Sick. That's so, great. So, you know, and for a 25-year-old from Tasmania, and he's from a suburb where there's no opportunities. Mm. Um, oh, that's Tasmania. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. suburb. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's not not really like a, a suburb in Tasmania that it's has just no Tasmania. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Like Tassie. Well, yeah. If Tassie's disadvantaged, he's from the more disadvantaged area. So. Jesus, he's from Antarctica. <laughs> <laughs> you were saying that the other day. You went to the southernmost pub in the world, yeah, which is at the bottom of Tasmania. Yeah, I didn't realize I was so close to such a, mm. I don't know, like a, a cool sounding pub. I yeah. think we should go, Keelan. Luke's booking flights. Yeah, yeah I was yeah, real yeah. close to booking flights. We, we, went, we went to the pub and we kind of sussed it out and see mm. if it was possible to is do it, a gig. Is it a good pub? Yeah, it's like a pretty classic Mariner sort of pub. Heaps yeah. of like old boat memorabilia and, you know, wheels on the walls and stuff like that. I yeah. love Full pubs. of heaps of... There was a bikey there that had a patch on and I was like, what club's he? And it just said anti-child molesters. <laughs> what a good club. Yeah, Can yeah, I join? Yeah, yeah. I want to join. Yeah, it was it's not like everyone's like feels like they're a member of that one. I don't, <laughs> you, know, you don't really have to wear a fucking patch to be like, oh, I don't, yeah. I don't know about that. I think it should be the other way around. If you're pro-child molesters, you have to wear you a patch. You have to wear a patch to out yourself. <laughs> I think that should be more yeah. encouraged. I agree. Uh, yeah, and then a couple guys recognised me down there. I wasn't yeah. sure, but I think they were from more northern and they were down there fishing or something like that. Because you, you, you did something that I previously thought was just humanly impossible yeah like probably the most impressive thing i've ever seen anyone done which is tour regional tasmania yeah <laughs> i didn't even know there was i thought tasmania it was is regional, regional yeah well like so this is how it happened um my partner danny and i we you know made a lot of music together last year and um we got back to tassie around october after getting stuck all around the country yeah with corona and uh we did my album launch just when they were allowing restrictions to go back to standing. It was yeah. like the same week that they went back to standing mm. and it was only like 100 capacity. I did my album launch because I recorded my album during Corona and I was, you know, waiting to finally launch it. Mm. And our plan was to head up to Sydney because Denny does a lot of theatre work as well and she builds puppets and she was um, working in Sydney for a festival up there just around, just after New Year's. 
and then boom, Corona happened, and the whole like festival had to get shut down. And you know, our plan yeah, was so to you, go. You up left there. prison, and then COVID happened, and you couldn't <laughs> leave. Yet. What yeah, was it, it, what was that like stepping out of prison into another prison? Uh, well, it was good, man. I had weed in the internet. <laughs> like, you know, it's, it's a lot better. Yeah, like. I said I had I talked to Greeley on the phone after he got out, and he's like, "Man, what's it like in Melbourne?" I'm like, "Man, we haven't left the house. It's like prison." And he just goes, "Is it? <laughs> Is it really? Yeah, dude, feel the room." Yeah. And I went, "Okay, maybe it's not anything like prison, but I'm still sad." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, fully. No, it was it was all right, and luckily I was in a good space where I had access to a recording studio and also um, videographers, so I just mm. made content the whole time. Yeah, and what's the? Yeah. Uh, it was my favorite lyric of one of your songs it's about the, the tattoo on your face yes, people may not be able to see favorite. it if you zoom in you'll be able to see it it's yeah. you've got a picture of tazzy on your face i sure do what's the lyric um the chorus goes i'm big grills made i'm happy in my state call me the face of tazzy i got tazzy on my face big grills that's such a <laughs> sick line <laughs> the funny thing is i wrote that song in prison before i got the tattoo so you needed to get the yeah tattoo. yeah yeah i wrote the song and i was like i need to get this tattoo otherwise it's going to be awkward yeah you called me like I've written this. Is it because it's a great line, mm. but is it good enough to get a face tattoo? Yeah, yeah. And I was like, no, it's sick. Get it. Yeah, yeah. And I'm the morning the I got thing. out, luckily, um, my mate who's a tattooist works at a shop like three blocks away from the prison. So we got out of the prison, went, got the face tat, and then went, got breakfast. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I bet the guards, the guards would have watched you from the towers leave the prison and go straight to a tattoo shop for a face tat, and they would have gone, He'll be back. Yeah. <laughs> I bet you that's like where most people go after prison. If it's on the way. Yeah, yeah. You know. That is a good spot for Dude, a tattoo. I'm parlor. the face of Tassie because I got Tassie on my face. Is got to be the best rap line I've ever heard. Mm, Knowing that you have a tattoo of Tasmania. 100%. Well, like, yeah, you you know. must be the only human in the world with a tattoo of Tasmania on their face. Yeah, I, I haven't... <laughs> There's see, no see, one else would have that. No, I haven't met any. I've, I know a lot of people with Tazzy tattoos. Tazzy, yeah, but Tazzy not tattoos, on their face. Not on their face. I know one's got a whole back, like a full <laughs> back of a Tazzy. It's almost bigger than Tasmania. Fuck, <laughs> <laughs> that is crazy. And because um, I got my, it's almost to scale. I got my second head. <laughs> well, their brother needs something to look at while they fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sick of that by now? Even no, I'm sick no. of that. Um, it's the incest jokes, yeah. I do. I don't mind prison everywhere. colony stuff. There's just incest mm. everywhere, though. Like in Sydney, they found an incest community of like forty people. Oh. When? Like four years ago. Oh, but it, but it disappeared in a day of Facebook news. You know what I mean? Yeah. The thing is, the original incest um, story of Tasmania happened in like early 1900. And that got in the newspaper and circulated the country, which yeah. gave us this hundred-year-long reputation. It's yes. still going. That's still, yeah. I was, you know, yeah. it's, it, like Tassie, if anything, is more popular than ever, and pe the trendy guys are like, oh, it's nice down there, and well, it's Tassie lost its is stigma. pricing out all Tasmanians. Yeah, it's ridiculous. like the property market. It yeah. is lovely, as Lewis was saying before we started the podcast. It's kind of like um, our New Zealand. It's the mm. only place mm. that seems like untouched by us. It's yeah, at the almost. same time, it's still definitely touched. Like, mm. we're, if you look on Google Maps and go to Tassie, it looks like it has acne because the <laughs> like. And when you drive around doing the tour, you see how much yeah. forestry has been logged. And if you look at the map, you can see the patches. Like, yeah, right. You know, forestry is pretty putrid, <clears throat> and they're just ruining heaps of the like 
you know, you've got some of the oldest trees in the world down there, like trees yeah. bigger this bigger than this entire room, and they're cutting them down. They're for cutting a few them bucks. down. Yeah, it is. It is. It is sad. Tassie does seem to have like this ruling elite that the ruling elite in Australia don't give a fuck about, so mm. they can do whatever they want. Yeah, they they definitely do. You know, I, like I grew up with a lot of protesters that used to go and tie themselves to trees and chain themselves to the bulldozers, and mm. uh, two of my mates were the first protesters in Australia to do jail time for tying themselves to a tree and um there was a strong culture of that like what's the crime there the crime in tassie no what's the crime of of tying yourself to a tree like what is the actual crime i'm not sure what they were charged with being annoying on the fifth like is it just not following police orders or disrupting disrupting or obstructing something i guess yeah i'm not actually sure because it's in public tasmania's got Mm. the strongest protest laws in the country as well so like anti-protest laws. Yeah, anti-protest yeah. laws. So they, yeah, they try and shut down a lot. And um, the people that do run it, you know, they're trying to be a bit more woke now and doing things for social media and yeah. all that. But really, it's run by like, like even a few years ago, I tried to get uh, an anti-suicide bridge or a barrier, sorry, put on the Tasman Bridge. And I did a big petition. I lost heaps of mates of suicide to this bridge mm-hmm. yeah. and ended up meeting the mayor and the Minister of Infrastructure and they just kind of sat there and faffed on and then asked for a selfie at the end of it and nothing ever happened. Mm. And then they put the selfie up like, we're working with the youth. And then the Minister of Infrastructure got kicked out of the government for some rapey shit he did in the 80s. And that's why nothing ever gets done. Yeah. <laughs> for a series of reasons one because yeah. they probably wouldn't have helped you anyway yeah and mm. two bit of rape and don't gone. rape yeah yeah <laughs> just covering up rape in parliament as per usual yeah. you know yeah. like yeah so you know it's you should have been wearing a patch <laughs> <laughs> and then you would have known yeah you know? yeah so so, yeah. Uh, so what was it like touring regional tassie how many shows did you do oh we did i think about nine or ten um, I don't even know it, there were 10 pubs in Tassie, you know? <laughs> well, it's actually, it's a pretty big place, like, in certain ways. Mm. It's about, from the bottom to the top, you're looking at about seven-hour drive. Yeah. Um, but just, like, um, population alone, though, like, when we go there, I haven't ever done a show in Hobart, but this year I'm going to try and do Launceston and Hobart. Yeah, well, I'll be living in Launceston, so make yeah, sure sick. you do. And I can... Hell get yeah, behind man. it, you know Hell what I mean? Yeah. yeah, but it's like one of those things where I didn't even think, I wasn't even confident doing shows in Launceston and Hobart because like just population alone mm. compared to like, we can go to like Bendigo and there's almost as many people in Bendigo yeah. as like Launceston mm. and stuff. So it's like, how do you do st- places in, you know, you did one in a place called Franklin. Yeah, so like, Franklin, Franklin is a really small drive through town with like a 200-year-old pub. And then this little kind of pub next to it. And this is a pretty good yarn. So um, <laughs> we get down there. That's how he starts every story. Yeah, he, yeah. It's literally, a good though, Greeley always has the best stories. And so, they always start with, it's a good yarn. Yeah, it's a good yarn. That's because he has to go through the Rolodex of good yarns. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> shuffle uh, through today, the cabinet. This one, you know? So we get, oh, right. So we try, we're trying to find a, a venue down there. And we tried this place called Willie Smith's Apple Cider Shed. And that's a bit more ritzy, yeah. you know, going guitar in the corner and everyone's having cider and whatever. And we tried to book one there and they, they said to my partner, Denny, um, it's probably a little bit ritzy for you guys. We'll send you this guy's number. And we're like, email? They're like, 
No. <laughs> no, no emails, number. So we sent him yeah. a message. Hey, mate, you know, it's a little bit of a proposal. Like, we'd like to do a show, blah, blah, blah. We'll bring the sound system. We'll run the door, all that sort of stuff. And he just wrote back at 1 a.m., yeah, mate, no worries. Spelt wrong. <laughs> <laughs> all of it. Yeah, and, and, Den and Denny and I were like, we're in for something interesting here. Yeah. So we get there. Oh, so that was it? Yeah, that's all. Yeah, mate, no worries. And then you just rocked up with a show. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> it was like, oh, we, we agreed on the date. I don't know if people, I see, I don't think our audience maybe has no perspective of how a show is usually organized, but that's not usually the process. It's usually, usually like contracts. Eight months in advance, deposits. Months, deposits, contracts. Uh, I would say usually an email thread of about 30 back and forth emails by the time you've organized one. Mm. No wasses. That, but that yes. is, no wasses. Yeah, no worries. That's how I think it should be done. That's yeah. great. It's just, can I do a show? Yep, good. Yeah. Done. So we finally get down there and um, we get down there and there's just like this giant old classic sort of country pub with the corner stairs, you know, and there's these two old blokes sitting out the front and they're eyeing us off like, who's here? You know, and we, mm. we walk over and they're like, next door. And so we go over to next door and it's this little kind of, called the next door bar and um yeah. we walk in and there's this bloke with a big beard <laughs> it's actually called next door yeah yeah oh my god i bet you it's because they're these two blokes have been bodyguarding this place for 40 years every friday yeah we're we'll, like, next door what we'll, should we call we'll the get pub? to the we'll get to the bloke from the actual pub in a bit oh so we, we get to the next door bar and there's this like short little bikey looking fella with a big beard sitting at the bar smoking a big joint and we're like hey mate we're here for the show and he's like all right Puts his joint out. He's like, better get me Harley out the bar. And like start pulling <laughs> his, his Harley motorbike out of the bar. Yeah. And on the side of the pub, there's a big painting of a cat. And I'm like, oh, it's a nice painting of a cat. He's like, yeah, it's a cat that lives here. And then the cat just walks out. <laughs> <laughs> and there's backpackers camped all around the other side of the old pub. Just yeah. like you look to the side and there's just tents and Europeans everywhere. And, um, and yeah, so we set up the show. We did it. We ended up, that was the smallest show of the tour and we only booked it a week before. Made a poster and put it up. Like that's, yeah, yeah no wuzzers. Made a po poster, put it on Facebook, went there a week later and I think about 70 people rocked up. That's <laughs> crazy. Yeah, yeah. So th that's the thing in Tassie. It's small town. So if, and no one goes there apart from maybe old country singers mm. Sunday afternoon. Did you get a few you know. people showing up that had no idea who you were or even no idea what rap was? Yeah, yeah, well, at first, this fellow with the beard is like, oh, I don't know about this stuff. Is there going to be some rough fellas coming down? And we got through nine shows, whole tour, not one fight. That's good. Is that so, impressive? You know, that is impressive. I'll get, to, I'll get, I'll get to <laughs> That's it. pretty standard in comedy. Uh, yeah, yeah. Unless you're Alex Williamson. Yeah, for an Oz hip-hop show, that is like a record. You mm. know, I don't think I've been to a show that hasn't had a fight. Is that why yeah. venues don't want to host Oz hip-hop? That, that's the other side is graffiti in the toilets. Yeah, they're yeah. the two ones. Someone, someone, because I have an association in this world, someone mm. graphed up the fucking toilet, the rubber chicken. With, oh, really? With my name. <laughs> did they really? Yeah, so, like the owner comes and goes, hey man, did you graph the toilet? I'm like, no, I don't graph at all. And he goes, well, someone's written your name there. I'm like, well, that handwriting is very nice. That's not me. Yeah, your handwriting shit. <laughs> It really is terrible. <laughs> it's crazy how yeah. how much you failed school. Yeah, like one time yeah. I saw him like do an envelope, and I was shocked. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. The man can do comedy, but boy, oh boy, his notebook scrappy. Can't write. I was glad I was in, in prison when you were sending me letters because it gave me plenty of time to oh, yeah. figure it out. You know? Sorry about it was, that. It was like code breaking, figuring out a letter from Lewis Spears. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, getting, I, I'm getting... I read a, a couple of your... I read like... He was like... Show me a section of one of your letters of some funny story you told. He's like, read this bit, man. It's so funny. Yeah. And your handwriting, phenomenal. Oh, really? And that's coming out of a prison. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Going back in <laughs> is just someone who clearly never learned. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just didn't, didn't but, work it out. Never your did. handwriting is impressive from memory. It's it's because it's I've done graffiti for a long time as well. So You have I've a nice of, cursive script to it. Yeah. I, I My handwriting's not great. I don't know why I'm trashing you so much. You know what? Maybe I'm actually, <laughs> maybe I'm actually left-handed. I just never tried it. Yeah. yeah you just never explored it. so bad. That's a, that's a possibility, I think. It could. It could mm. be. True, because you never explored sports too much as well. No. Could be left-handed. Who knows? Maybe. But, now you uh, just suck at both. <laughs> I know. Mm. On, the, on, on the letters, my, one of my favorite stories, I don't think we told on a podcast, but you were saying that a lot of the murderers in there, because you were in Maximum. Oh, for a little bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because a, a lot of the murderers have girlfriends outside prison. Oh. And oh, I landed on prison wife TikTok the other day. Oh right! There's like Ooh. a like a community of girls who have partners in in yeah, lockup, definitely, and uh, they're all connecting with each other and going like, you know, we wait for our for our heroes and stuff like that. And I'm like, mostly, you're not you're not a most wife of your, a soldier. Yeah, most you know, of your princes, our heroes. Yeah, most of your princes are, are doing time hard time for murder or something like that, <laughs> or like you know, full on like okay. fucked crimes. I mean, I, yeah. There's definitely like, a, there's a culture in the world of women that want to date men in prison. Like if you look at like, you know, Bronson, mm. Charles Manson, you know what I mean? Like that sort of thing. And um, so that's definitely... Were there any, say, uh, I think I was saying maybe in the letter about just people's girlfriends in general. And once I was, some fella's like, come in my cell, bro, I'll show you my girlfriend. Yeah. And I, yeah. go, I go in there and he's got these photos of this chick. And he's like, that's my girlfriend, bro. And I was like, oh, sick, bro, you know. And then, like, about a day later, someone else was like, come in my cell, I'll show you pictures of my girlfriend, bro. And I was like, oh, yeah, and I'm getting that same girl. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm not saying nothing. Yeah. She's just Damn. sitting down, batch, sending in letters, yeah, like, yeah. writing two letters at the same time. I better not just, fuck the address up. Just spamming the whole jail. Yeah. <laughs> with, with naked you selfies. probably have one sitting under your bunk. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy that, like, Surely the prisoners talk because one day that prisoner is going to go to the other prisoner. Come see my girlfriend, bro. Oh, yes. Yeah, you know, there was like seven girlfriends between the whole jail. <laughs> 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 no, but like, yeah. Either way, back to the tour, what yeah. we're talking about. Um, so, yeah, the Franklin was pretty interesting. We did the show and the, the guy, even though, you know, he's like, I'm not sure what this is at the end of it. He's like, that was awesome. Like, he really enjoyed the yeah. show. And these are, you know, people that were like, Rock and roll's the biggest music in world. You know what I mean? Like I came to one of your shows once. This was years ago. I don't know if you remember. Lewis got up on stage. Oh, in, uh, it was uh, in Fitzroy. Yeah, Grumpies. Grumpies. Oh, right. Yeah, I, I did a stand-up gig there one yeah. day. It was <laughs> brutal. Yeah. 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 Oh, no, was... you just ran out of breath. It was pretty good. I, well, I've ne I'd never had to worry about breathing as a stand-up comedian. If mm. you if you yell and then you need to breathe, you stop and oh, then you breathe. I ran out of the, breath doing the... uh, Ruben's intro. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, but I can't the, even announce him onto stage without going, or my voice cracking. Yeah, exactly. But <laughs> you have time to breathe. Yeah. When you're doing music, the beat doesn't stop for you. Yeah. So I was going, and then I ran out of breath, 
And then I'm like, that's right, I got time to breathe. Didn't have time, I lost it. And then Greeley just starts freestyling. It was the most amazing thing I've ever seen. I didn't even realize you fucked up because I thought it was like when you were supposed to come in. (laughs) That was for the THC show in Melbourne. Yes. Because you came off and you were like, oh man, I fucked that. And I was like, that was pretty good. Like I didn't think, I I Mm. thought it would be way worse. I just didn't even really know you, I knew you could rap, but in the studio is different. Yes. Because it's like you can do different takes. Yeah, you definitely have to learn breath control as a part of performing as a rapper. There's a big Mm. part about is learning where to drop syllables or like connecting words to sneak a breath in there and, you know, it's yeah, um, there's a craft to it, that's for sure. But um, yeah, what were we talking about? Oh, that's <laughs> this, it. This regional tour. Oh, the regional show. tour, yeah. So the show went all all good. The next day, um, Danny and I were going to go try and um, fossick for stones in a place called R- Loon River, which is like you find like crazy gems and stuff down there. And our little tour van that we had couldn't handle the corrugated dirt road. It was one of those, digga, 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 yeah. and the thing was fall, about to fall to pieces. So we turned around and we're like, oh, well, we'll have to find a gem somewhere else. We get to this town called Jeevston, and, and um, there was a town hall souvenir shop. Yeah. Right? And um, we go in and we're looking around, and there's these two old ducks in pink dresses standing at the, at the counter. And... Uh, so we went and bought like a plush Tassie Devil toy for my mate Rates, his, yeah. his kid. Mm-hmm. And um, we've gone over and they've started talking to us. And they, they film a show called Rosehaven there. Have oh, you heard of Rose yeah. Haven? Luke McGregor and Celia Pacola's yeah. show. Yeah. yeah, so this is the, the little town that they <laughs> yeah. they film that in. And so, and my partner Denny got, had just been asked to audition uh, for Rosehaven. And they had this big, it looked like a grade five school project of like Rosehaven on the wall of mm. the town hall. Like this is where it was filmed and this is where Luke McGregor was standing and this yeah. is, you know, they're real proud of it. Yeah. And so they're, they're going, oh, look, Rosehaven. Don't laugh. <laughs> oh, no oh, oh. one comes there. Yeah. This is where Luke McGregor was standing. <laughs> it's surely not a sign. <laughs> Mate, there's not much that goes on in this like, town. He was on the project once. Yeah. <laughs> let, him, let him have their kind of famous ranger. <laughs> exactly. I don't think he's and even so, from there, is he? Yeah, he's know. from Glenorchy. He's from the same oh, okay. suburb as Wombat. <coughs> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Okay, so that's okay. They're proud of their local. That's a mm. crazy amount of talent coming out of Glenorchy. Yeah, Luke McGregor and Wombat. Yeah. Different ends of the spectrum, hey? Like mm. it's yeah, that's like um, our old tour manager, Zach. He was the second most famous person from Longreach because that's where Carl Barron's from. <laughs> okay. um, and he was the most second famous person. That's pretty cool. That's great. So we get to Jeeveston and... Um, yeah, so we're standing in there. There's this Rosehaven presentation, all cut up card mm. and stuff like that. They've cut out the letters. It literally looks like a grade five school project. And Denny mentioned that she got asked to audition for it. Yeah. And this is where it turned. One of the old ladies was like, you got asked to audition? Are you an actor? And Denny's like, yeah, I've done a bit of acting. And she goes, well, I've always wanted to be an actor, but, you know, I was 60 t- years too old and... <laughs> <laughs> and and then she just started auditioning for us and auditioning for Denny, and she started kind of like weirdly performing <laughs> to, to her. And Denny's just standing there like, okay. And she grabbed a little like wombat puppet off the little souvenir stand, and she started talking to it. She's like, "Hello, you're cute, aren't you? Yeah, I'll rip your guts out." And pulled the like stuffing out from underneath, and she's, oh. you know, Denny's still standing there going. 
what the fuck? She's like, this is going to be my big break. <laughs> Someone yeah. who auditioned for Rosehaven is here. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's, it's exactly. As close, it's close as she's going to get to an opportunity. Yeah. Oh and she's God. running with it. And, and then they've come back over and, we're, you know, as we said, oh, well, we, um, we just did a show on Franklin. And she goes, the Franklin pub. And remember the old guy sitting out the front? Yeah. yeah. She goes, the old guy, he's German and he's a Nazi. <laughs> And we're like, oh, okay. And she's like, and I'm Jewish, so you know how I feel. And I was like, okay, yep. And we're like, well, we, we performed in the bar next door. It wasn't for the Nazi, you know. Yeah. She's like, oh. She goes, do you know much about Franklin? I'm like, no, not really. And she goes, well, it's named after this woman called Lady Franklin, who used to be a, a well-to-do woman back in the 1800s. I think she was married to a politician back then. Yeah. And Lady Franklin was a bit of a celebrity Everyone, oh, Lady Franklin, and there's, you know, Franklin River, Franklin Town. There's boats called the Lady Franklin. She's, yeah. you know, heaps of shit's named mm -hmm. after her. And apparently, this is what the old woman said. She goes, so Lady Franklin had three maids. One was called Hope, Miss Hope. One was called Faith, Miss Faith. And the other one was called Snatchel, <laughs> Miss Snatchel. What an ugly name. I know. Hope, Faith and Snatchel. And so when they named Franklin, they named, because it's near a river, they, there's three small islands, and they mm. named the, river, the islands after her maids. Yeah. So there was Faith Island, yeah. there was Hope Island, <laughs> and then Snatch Island. <laughs> <laughs> and then we're like, oh, okay. And then at this point she goes, you know what Snatch means? <laughs> <laughs> like that. Yeah. And I'm looking at Denny going, the fuck? And... And she goes, you know, feminists are actually liberating snatches. <laughs> They're liberating the word cunt. <laughs> and we're like, oh, okay, we're just trying to be nice, you know. Yeah. We're like, oh, yeah. And she's, yeah, you know, a woman should be able to say, I've got an itchy cunt. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I agree too. I feel like, you know, they well, can did. say she, it, by the she way. She said it, you know. Yeah, and she's like, they, they should be able to say no one's stopping them. <laughs> you know? This is Celia Pacquale you're talking to. Yeah. <laughs> At reception. <laughs> <laughs> she, they're on set. This is yeah. the show. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, she, she's, the first one was, um, I should be able to say I've got an itchy cunt. And, you know, my partner and I are looking at each other like, what the fuck? And then she goes, I should be able to say that I've got a sore cunt from getting fucked hard all night. <laughs> I'm not kidding or exaggerating. And this, this is, is after <laughs> she's completely like this is pulled out the, <laughs> the, guts. The, plot, the guts of a plush wombat. It's yeah. her first impression. Yeah, and then, so Denny at this point. She sounds pretty mentally stable. <laughs> yeah. So Denny at this point. Sounds like she's got an itchy cunt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So she decided to change the subject. Yeah. And she's gone, oh, so we did a hip-hop show. And, um, and she goes, oh, hip-hop, well, show me what you've got. And so at that point, I just started beatboxing. And I started going, <laughs> and so did she. But she wasn't just beatboxing. She was like, <laughs> and started just doing the most weirdest shit we've ever seen in our lives. Denny's trying to film it on her phone, just yeah. dropped to her knees. Like, I posted this on my Instagram. If you yeah. go go on my Instagram or my Facebook page and look back a bit, you'll find this random video of me beatboxing with an old lady in a pink dress in a town hall. <laughs> and the look on my face is like, what the fuck <laughs> is happening here? But that was a big break, man. Yeah, well, it was, man. That she video got like all. 500 likes. <laughs> <laughs> She's famous. Yeah. But, um, yeah, and so 
that little moment happened and then we're like, ah, ha, 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 pay for the thing, let's go. And we walked out and like we got about two metres outside the town hall and we just broke slowly as we walked. <laughs> I'm like, did you get that? Did you got She's like, I got it. I'm like, we found a gem. Yeah. We found a gem. You got we got gem. the gem, you know. And <laughs> so that was the first show of the tour. And so, I can't believe yeah. you continued doing the shows after that. Oh, it was awesome, man. Yeah. Like, I'd rather that than... I'd rather I'd rather that than go do a show to five hundred people in a big venue and just stay in the hotel. You know, for me, it's about the yeah, journey. no, you're right. The lurk, the, 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 lurk the, the gems that you find on the lurk. You know, yeah. that's that why I always stuff. try and do stuff like at all the places. Like I'm going to Adelaide a couple of days early just to like hang out. Yeah, because it's then part of touring. then on like the day you go like man i was at thingo yesterday like and we went out to this nightclub in regional geelong i did like three minutes at the start of my show on the nightclub the yeah. next night and they fucking lost their mind yeah yeah because they're like oh you know something about yes like us yeah which yeah. is the, the best tactic to use is like i yeah. use that in doing rap battles as well i'd like you I do remember your research i did one in darwin i just went to the tourist booth looked up five things there was this crocodile called crocosaurus so as soon as I started the rap battle that night, I'm like, your mum looks like Crocosaurus and the whole place just lost it. You know, I was like, she's got bigger teeth than me. What a walrus. Like, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, that, that shit works very well. Like, That's great. So, same deal with stand-up. It's like every, every comedian's got their joke that they replace the shit suburb of the town. Yeah, you know, I've yeah, seen yeah. Carl Barron do it with Cessnock, you know, like, yeah. yeah, it's the same sort of deal. Yeah, Adelaide's Elizabeth. Yeah, yeah. Sydney's Blacktown. Yeah. Melbourne's Frankston. You yeah. Just, yeah, I used to do it. Yeah, yeah. I still do. Oh, I need to find out what the yuppie suburb of Adelaide is for this weekend. Oh, Adelaide. Kind of like the Turak slash Brunswick. Yeah. Um, Brunswick's not that yuppie, but it's a bit lefty. Up in the hills. Yeah. Up in the hills. That's I need the, to figure the This episode yeah. is sponsored by Nobby Underwear. We love yes. that. Nobby Underwear. Look, I'm wearing them. I'm wearing them. And they're really comfortable. Yeah. And if you want to look like you're sponsored by Nobby Underwear, head to nobby.com.au. Yes. They will not pay you. You will have to pay them. But if you don't want to pay as much, use our code SOUNDOFF and yep. you will receive... $5 off your first pair of nobbies when you join the Undie Club. That's $5 closer to feeling like you're sponsored. Yeah, you're actually like a TikTok influencer. Yeah. You get a discount on like a product yeah. and then you and then you wear it and show everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Nobby.com.au, best underwear in the game. It's the only underwear I wear now throughout everything else that I have. Uh, this is all I wear. It's really good stuff. Uh, and, and ladies, they have ladies as well. Get a box for your box. Yep. And, and if you're a man, a male, yeah. you can get a package for your package. Yeah, absolutely. They yeah. they have little little bra toppers. Or it doesn't matter what you have down there. If you have a package. That's progressive. Get, get a package for it. Absolutely. No in the matter, mail. In the mail. It's still underwear. Yeah, you're not going to get a dick and balls in an envelope. You're, you also wouldn't wear a box either around your hips. I'm not also no, suggesting that. It depends how lonely you are, you know? <laughs> But hopefully no one's that lonely no. and they just need underwear. <laughs> Nobby.com.au. Use code SOUNDOFF for $5 off. We str I, I'm just going to say this on record. We strongly recommend you wear the underwear, not the packaging. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the Luke and Lewis recommendation. Yeah. We're not going to tell you how to, what to do once you receive the package. I mean, the, you could wear the underwear and then you could fashion the packaging into a hat. You know what I genuinely love about Nobby? What do it's, you genuinely love about it's Nobby? It's all... Is it their good quality underwear? That, but if, yeah. it, it, just in regards to the packaging... I no, we're not told to say this, but it's all recycle recyclable. Yeah. That's a and word I can say. You know a great way to recycle your packaging? Wear it as a hat. Great. 
Send us your Nobby hats. Use code SOUNDOFF um, for $5 off your first order. Thank you to Nobby for sponsoring the podcast. We are also sponsored by Manscaped. Manscaped. Very groin-related sponsor segment on the show. Yep. Manscaped.com, the best pubic hair shaver in the game. Use code SOUNDOFF20 yeah. for 20% off and free shipping your uh, Manscaped, your lawnmower 3.0. Mm. Luke, you know what? Do not read. Host to talk about a funny grooming story or how they personally like the product. Yeah. That was almost funny, I reckon, a year and a half ago when you did that. Yeah. And now it's still funny. Well done, mate. Well, was, you, a good well one. with that in mind, you will really love the Crop Reviver, the ball toner, a spray-on testy toner Man. that's designed to make your balls smell irresistible. They... I'm not going to lie. They yeah. sent it to us. Yeah. I, I used it, the ball toner. Yeah. Whoa. My nuts smelt divine. I thought so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's become a... Look, I don't want to get... irresistible? I don't want to get too personal in regards to my relationship, but what's... Really? It, look, it's, it's, a bit of, it's a bit of fun sometimes, me, <laughs> <laughs> me spritzing it on. And, so you uh, spritz the and, nuts. And then trying to see how irresistible it is. So you, you and spritz turns and out you don't tell. You I just see what happens. And I just see. Spritz and wait. And I let Manscaped do its work. And I tell you what. Yeah. Thank you, Manscaped. Jeez, you better watch Support your... them because they support me and yeah. my groin. You better, you better make sure <laughs> that you know who's going to be coming over. Because if you spritz. Yes. And then someone comes over that, you know, you're not interested like, in that area. Get away. Yeah, she goes, I mean, it's irresistible. <laughs> Get out of it. I can't help myself. I've used the discount code. Sound off 20 for free shipping and yeah. 20% off. And now I'm, your balls are irresistible. And they're just like, oh, I see. You've used the lawnmower 3.0 to shave them. Yeah. Very good, dear. Normally I need my glasses to see, but, you know, yeah. well, this that, time I can use my nose. Yep. So if you want to impress your grandma, whoever you're trying to impress, <laughs> use our code sound off and you get free sound shipping. off 20 manscape.com 20 uh, thank you and thanks no, to both of our sponsors by the way that's the number 20 yeah two, two zero, zero. Mm-hmm. it should be clear don't write the word 20 don't know why we had to clarify what the number two zero looks like if you couldn't work out what 20 looks like in numbers you're fucked mm. manscape.com nobby.com.au nobby sound off manscape sound off 20 support the brands that support the show and we can continue doing this I actually have a bit in my show this year about rap battles. Yeah, right. Um, just about how, I don't want to give it away because not, not everyone's seen the show, but about how, like, it's just so adorable. Like, <laughs> I watched two dudes in a parking lot. They've spent so much time preparing poems about each other. Yeah. And then they continue to make homophobic slurs during it. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm not gay. And I'm like, dude, it's objectively the gayest thing you could have done. Yeah, yeah, you spent all morning writing poems about this definitely. guy and then sharing it with him in front of people cheering and yeah. stuff like Poetry that. Poetry lovers. And it's like I put on this freestyle battle on the weekend. Um, down in freestyle is not written. Yeah, so there's yeah. there's two different types of rap battles because they evolved around 2007. Because freestyle was done from like pre eight mile to mm. around 2007, and it got a bit boring. Is so. that really all freestyle? Obviously, the movie wasn't, but like really, they did all those styles. Did people were that good at freestyling? Yeah, and and they still are. But there's I've different. Seen, I've seen like like I've seen Greeley. Freestyle, I've, I've seen, seen like Cursor, Manus, not, not Rap Battles. I've seen like 360. Manners is, Manus, Manus is the Arrows. Manners yeah. is like one of the best freestylers 
that it's, you it's honestly see. one out of like I've seen a lot of people's different skills with my job freestyling is one of the most impressive things that I've it's I've so much more seen. impressive than like being a good improv comic yeah, because yeah. because like, freestyle like, is you have to make it up. It has to be on, on in time, and then yeah. it has to rhyme. It like there's really strict rules with rhyming. Obviously, yeah. there's a lot of parameters you got to do it between. Well, like my technique for the freestyle battles used to be, like as soon as I know who I'm battling, whether it's a tournament style, because mm. sometimes they they just pull the name out in the spot. But once you get through the tournament, you're like, oh well, if I beat him, then I'm battling that guy. So you can so do you a got little bit of ten prep. minutes, you know, and in that ten minutes, I'll be like, oh. He's got a rip in his pants. He's got a stain near his crutch. His shoes are a shit color. I'd pick like four or five things, and, then that I, and I just stop rhyming them in words. My head. Do you start going through the rhymes for crutch, dick, and or you guess you like, already have To be honest, them. that's the easiest part because that's the setup. So you know, like in the same way a joke works, you set up, and then you hit with the punch. So mm. the first rhyme doesn't really need to matter too much. You know what I mean? Like, say if I was to say, fucking. Um, yeah, would you be able to do it now? Would you be able to roast us off the cuff? Yeah. Like I'd in say, rhyme? <laughs> yeah, straight up. I'd be like, my tight rhyme's clever. Fucking Luke Kidgel looks like every single fucking white guy ever. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. so I thought white guy ever, and then yeah. my, I rhyme tight clever, which is, yeah, that's a shit rhyme. I yes. rhyme tight clever. But, like, that was a big trend yeah. in battle rap as well, where it was like, who could say the most cringy setup? Like everyone would love mm. it. Like I'm rhyming at dark and then come in with the punch, you yeah, know, yeah, and it became yeah. like a little, a niche thing in battle rap. Say the worst setup ever, the worse, the better. Yes. Cause it's hilarious. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, yeah. Um, yeah. So that, my technique would I be pick five things. Um, and then when you, you know, say they're doing their round, they say three or four things. Think of a way to flip it back on them. Once again, random setup hit with the punch, you know, like it's, that's that's the sort of technique that I go through, and yeah, I think most people do. Because I, I, I think maybe the first time I probably ever saw you, I didn't even know it was you at the time actually, because I didn't know him yet. Yeah. But I, I obviously watched three sixty versus Cursor, like yeah. everyone under the age of twenty five did in Australia. Yeah. yeah. And um, it was just like that one. That's not improv, right? That was like that was that was yeah, that yeah. was organized. And dude, when three sixty says he looks like a tennis instructor, I think that's one of the most true hurtful things i've ever heard in my life because <laughs> they, they were like calling each other like yeah. slurs which is fine but just objectively saying you look like a tennis instructor and then the camera switches to cursor and the look on cursor's face is like fuck that tracks i am full on and he came wearing a polo as well yeah because yeah, yeah, the the worst ones are uh, like when they're not insults like calling someone a tennis instructor is not mean but when they look like a tennis instructor and they're not, <laughs> yeah. that hurts. Everyone, everyone in the crowd, even if they're on Cursor's side, they were like, Jesus, really hit the nail on the head there. <laughs> that, is, uh, that is good shit. And and you're in the background like... Pfft. I think, man, I saw a tennis instructor meme three days ago. It's still going. You know what I mean? Like, I uploaded that video to YouTube in January 2011. Yeah, and wow. And it's still... Even you, know, you like, cop some of the... Some some burns in it. Yeah, I copped a few. Yeah. yeah. A few drive-bys just at grill. Yeah. Like they're punching on each other and they're just like, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You bothered cop, to organise the whole thing and they're like, you piece of shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've copped a lot of drive-bys in my time in the hip-hop scene, you know. Yeah. And that, that's the thing but that's, with that's a sign of respect, though, in yeah, a way. Yeah. It's like they wouldn't do it to you if they didn't respect you. Yeah, for sure. You are the king of Tassie. Thank you. You're like the guy there. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, for me, like when I was young, um, especially, you know, after I got back from America and I had a bit of experience with hip hop at school over there, 
and stuff like that. And I just held on to hip hop so much. And back then, you know, Tassie was a bit of a joke yeah. in the hip hop scene in Australia. Everyone was like, oh, there's no rappers from Tassie. It's a fucking, you know, like, it's inbred. It's blah, 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 blah. It's a now, shit now old, I know, you know, like, because of the, the THC it's thing, which is Tassie Hip Hop Collective, mm. you're like fostering ta- talent it from Tassie. Like, I, mean, I, I know fucking heaps of Yeah, good I don't know anything about mm. it. Maybe it's because I follow you and stuff and don't <laughs> follow too many other people, but it seems to me like there's a huge culture now. now. It's actually one of the strongest places. Well, to that, be a part of that means a lot to hear, you know, because yeah, we came from a point where there was there were a couple rappers from Tassie because Sydney was like the big oh, part, yeah, and it comes like down to numbers, man. You know, mm, like yeah, all the and Melbourne was the spot. You know, where's three sixty from? He's from Melbourne. He's not doing it anymore. Melbourne. Oh, he's actually he's releasing doing, music again. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, he's putting music out. I don't yeah. really know many other rappers. I'll be honest. Yeah, I think he's from St Kilda, but you know, Melbourne, Adelaide was kind of like the New York of Australia when it yeah. came to. You know, the first big wave of Australian hip hop all came from Adelaide. Mm. Like, um, in the same the way. Hilltop Hoods. Yeah, and Hilltop Hoods. Listenesso. No, they were from Sydney. Oh, okay. But um, Hilltop Hoods, Funk Hors, Terra Firma, they were part of a big crew called Certified Wise. It was all and groups at yeah, first. It was. Solo rappers didn't really become really, really popular uh, until, like, it was like Cursor 360 and then yeah. yourself and. People like Forte yeah. as well from Sydney and then the whole Psych Ward crew as well. Yeah, That's when I started hearing about it. Yeah. So there would have been people before that. It was definitely, it was, you're right in the sense it was groups. 360, even though him and Pez were a group. But oh, like, true, and, yeah. You know, they kind of helped each other. But 360 was probably the, you know, the first individual rapper to really get big in Australia. Mm. Uh, he was on Rolling Stone. He was like mainstream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He hit Whereas that sort of level. Cursor was like biggest he in was the, the anti-60. Yeah, yeah, he was. But because, like, this is where Cursor It felt like so you smart. had to choose yeah, well, that's, between you did. the two. You did. You could not In like the culture. Both. Yeah, and it's yeah. still still kind of the same. Yeah. Like, that. That's things happen for such a long time now. But um, it's interesting with Cursor because Cursor represented the underground. He represented the street. But Cursor was so smart that he used the same business that mainstream uses. Mm. And Cursor made his street sound mainstream, even though he was still underground. He was just as... He's mainstream now. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, it's yeah listen to the hooks. Like They're, they're just pop hooks anyway mm. on the new albums and stuff. I yeah. like it. I actually, one of the people, I don't know what his fans think. I don't really follow it. But I mm. actually like his new shit way more. Yeah. So I, think I, think I think he's getting better. Yeah, yeah oh, he's always gotten better. And I think better. Yeah, I don't know he's if gotten better at making that, music but. too. Mm. Like, <clears throat> and just, yeah, having that ear for good sounding music. Mm. And that's like what he's always really done. Like and this is where I find with a lot of other rappers that have blown up in the last couple of years, they've, they're chameleons. And what they've done is jumped on the trends. Like, Drill, hefts. Drill's a big trend. And like the EDM, all this sort of stuff. They've used these sort of trends and joined in with them not many have really pioneered the trend where cursor pioneered his trend and i think he's always sounded like him like exactly even even looking at like american rappers or even english uk rappers there's a lot of especially with the uk there's a lot of australians that sound just like the uk guys with a different accent but cursor to me has always sounded like him yeah like you know cursor is the sickest and don't fuck with cursor and the first like big ones that went viral like you didn't really hear music like it. No. Wasn't there some clip of him in a parking lot doing "Don't Cursor Fuck the with no, that Cursor"? That was Cursor is the sickest. That yeah. was oh yeah, Cursor is the sickest acapella. Yeah. yeah, and it just yeah. sounded insane. 
It was raw. It was like without a beat. It, it just sounded like a madman. Honestly, I, I as a teenager that I was just starting to get into that, that video made me go, this is fucking cool. So that was like, so that video was my friend sick. sent to me probably as a joke because yep. he used to cop so much shit. Like, and Oz hip hop in general has like a bit of a stigma for like, what do you think about that? Like how people just shit on I think it's Oz changed rap? now. I think it's changed. I think it, it comes, well, it has changed and that comes with cultural cringe. And I don't know if you've really looked into cultural cringe mm. much, but Australia suffers it way worse than any other Western country in the world. Yeah. And it comes to, I think, pioneering of media and connection. And because of our isolation compared to America and England, when both of them were pioneering with film culture, music culture, you know, they were pretty connected. Like, mm -hmm. the big bands from America would go to England and vice versa. And Australia was always, like, the shit little cousin, like, can we be a part of it too, you know? Yeah. And <clears throat> it happened in TV in Australia massively. Like, Rodney Roode's a good example. Rodney mm -hmm. Roode got back from Canada, went on Hey Hey It's Saturday. <clears throat> wasn't his cup of tea. <clears throat> it wasn't really Aussie enough. They didn't want to go full Rodney Roode. But yep. then Rodney Roode went out and built his whole epic... Um, Legacy. I've dads you know. after every show going, you like Rod D. Rude, mate? And I'm like, I don't know who that is. He's just signed every pub green room I've ever done a show in. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. I just don't know. Straight up. I've never seen his act. Oh, really? You should no. watch him, man. He's, he's great. He's definitely a brilliant cra like craftsman at what he does. Yeah, right. And um, he did stand up in Canada for 10 years before he came back to Australia and started And then just 82. blew everyone away because he yeah. was way different. He was the cursor of comedy. Yeah. You know, yeah. he, he did his own thing. And this is, like, once again, half of Australia is fucking Aussie and wants to be Aussie. Yeah. And then the other half just cringes at that half going, no, oh, but we want to fit in with England and America. Yes. <clears throat> yeah. Why can't you guys be more, like, chill and stop fucking being Aussie? Yeah. You know, like, it's this weird thing. And this is where you're like... It's cultural cringe and tall poppy tall syndrome, syndrome, syndrome yeah. is a like, big thing. It, when I started YouTube, I started uploading in 2012. Maybe about a year before that... Uh, when Alex Alex Williamson kind of started all of this, mm. he was the first like Australian comedian to make content on YouTube that wasn't like the American stuff. Yeah, and I remember that it was it until him. It was if you even thought about making YouTube videos, you were fucking weird. You were the weird was, kid at your school that was yeah. like, he has a YouTube account. Everyone's like, why would you yeah. need an account? You can just Google cat videos. Why I would know. you? <laughs> or, or even watching Australian anything was cringe mm. because it because no one had really done it before. And I feel like Oz Hip Hop went through that same thing. I first heard about Cursor as a joke. Someone was playing it as a joke, like playing Don't Fuck With Cursor at like school assembly and shit yeah. as a joke. And then and then I would join in and then and then I properly listened to it and I was like, oh, hang on, this is fucking awesome. Mm. And then I just got obsessed with it. And then and then that's how I like fell in with you, yeah. basically. Well, I met you at Curse's first album launch in Melbourne. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I've been going to his shows ever since he started doing them. Yeah, straight up. Yeah, I went by myself because all my friends were too scared to go. Yeah, well, Schemo was with his shirt off on stage, so... Snapping records and yeah, cracking Yeah, probably it. made a good decision. Yeah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> a few fights. But Curse has been the best at riding that cringe. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, And this is the thing where half of everyone cringed at him. He used them to his advantage and he just worked hard, was smart about his business got better at making music, making better sounding music, commercially yeah. sounding music, but still being true to himself yeah. Yeah. And, and telling his story. And um, I think at this point, if you don't like him, you just don't really like rap. But like, because he's good. Like, I don't yeah, particularly get around, I was rap too and much. He just dropped a new song and, and in the chorus he goes, 
Medicaid on a pinger. Australian. <laughs> and, and in the hook. In the hook. And like, you know, all these other trends, everyone's rapping about this, rapping about that, yeah, drugs, this and that. No one's still rapping about pingers. You know yeah. what I mean? Pingers were cool 10 years ago. Curse <laughs> So was Cursor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. All your he's, people. He's going to hit me up about Luke. That's you know, fine. And he's going to go, who's this cunt? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. That's all right. I'm still trying to fuck with him yeah. on my podcast. I don't know if he ever got wind of it. Yeah. I swore on my podcast that one day, Mark my words, I will fuck with Cursor. <laughs> and not many people have the guts to say that. And I was just—I just, just want to put his window wipers up or some shit and then run away. But you know, I'm scared of the man. He's got a fucking face tattoo. I wouldn't fuck with you either. <laughs> yeah, not not fuck with in a violent way. Just in a, oh, that's annoying. Oh you know, yeah, he gets no. in the car, goes oh fuck, has to get out, yeah, yeah, down, drive away. Oh no, I actually really like. I respect him. I have heaps of respect for him. I've yeah, always said that he's good. No, he's actually the only other rapper I've ever listened to because of him. Like, yeah, with his, and you. It took me, with his, took me a while. With his new song, like, it was I good a bit to of see that, uh, you know, there's so much content coming out of Australian hip-hop, drill, rap, mm. whatever you want to call the trends in different ways. And Curse has just, he's made himself his brand. When yes. I see other people using trends and brands and attaching it to themselves to escalate, Curse has mm. made, made himself the brand to the point where Nordica sponsored him. Yes. You know, he didn't ask for that. Like, yeah, yeah. He, he just repped Nordica until they went, oh, shit. You know? And that's and the most lad shit ever yeah. is getting Nordica to pay you. Imagine mm. walking into <laughs> Maya, you know, 15 years ago to steal Nordica and then thinking, man, one day they'll pay me to wear it. I won't yeah. even have to rack it. That's yeah. every lad's dream. Mm. That's like if I got a JJ sponsorship. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd be living the goddamn dream. Yeah. Dude, I was, I was walking past my local JJ's this morning. I went to the shopping center this morning. Yeah. You know Ben Garens, the YouTuber from Sydney? I don't know if you know him. But he's up in the uh, in the JJ's window. And I was like, oh, I, want, I want to get... I've got more Instagram followers than Ben, but he's a lot more attractive than me. That's but, uh, that is the key. That is the key. Yeah, I, I do need to work on this. They, they don't mm. want like... Yeah, they don't want a model that looks exactly like their clientele. No, and also, yeah, you can't, it's yeah. the clientele and also you can't have one. You've got to distinguish between me and the mannequin yeah. as well, yeah, which is on, a huge dude, JJ's, problem. JJ's are selling a lifestyle, okay? Yeah. You yeah. know, and you don't fit it. Yeah. They're selling that premium luxury lifestyle. Yeah, but JJ's. if JJ's like opened up a, a, a maybe a, a pub, like yeah. a teenage pub. You could be the, you, you, no, you know what, what would happen? They'd paint you, put you on the wall. I'm like, who's that guy? And you go, oh, that's Luke. He lives here. <laughs> and then <laughs> I'd walk past. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. So, um, man, that's, I'm glad you've been doing well since we last spoke. I mean, you've been obviously having a lot more yeah. correspondence with Lewis. You've had like a, just a, let's be honest, a rough run. Yeah, it's it been, started it's off been interesting, with man. jail, but even since then, COVID, you broke your ankle. Yeah, real bad. Yeah, so um, I got stuck in COVID up in Brisbane and I was there for a few months. Ended up releasing the album, everything like that. And I went... Uh, Risen yeah, Wisdom. Yeah, Risden Wisdom, which yeah, is you know, the Risden album Prison. that I wrote in Risden Prison. And yeah. it's pretty much like, yeah, I copped heaps of shit of people being like, oh, what, you're a jail rapper now and you rap about this. Can't, if like, you can't go to jail and then write an album about it, what's the point? What do you want? <laughs> That's yeah. the most like you're making you it want? like you chose to go there. You're like, what's yeah. the point of even going there? <laughs> like it's some resort. Wait, do, right. do you want your rap to be real or not? You're That's gonna it, complain yeah. when people are lying about crime and complain when they write a thing about doing it. Yeah, what are you, you fucking? If you had have um, rapped about being at home for 
six months, they would have been like, you fucking, you're in jail, mate. What the yeah, fuck? Yeah, yeah, you're you a home rapper now? Damned if you do, damned if you don't. Yeah. Hey, yeah. And, but um, so I put that out and I was stoked in the response. I managed to hit the, the number one spot on iTunes for like three days and um, even Congrats. got to the top 10 albums bit where they'll put it up next to Queen, greatest hits and things like that. So that was Sick. a nice screenshot to post on my socials. That's you know good. what I mean? And yes. So yeah, and um, then I went down to Newcastle with my partner Denny to meet her family and uh, been there for three days and I linked up with a fella called Tons who's like the, the OG of Newcastle. He's um, been rapping and doing graffiti since the 90s and now he works in like a lot of social work like um, with kids that have got in trouble. He takes and paints murals and tries to give them a bit of direction and positive support. Uh, he does like rap workshops with like full disability communities and it's sick. Like he's got one song and he's got a guy with a disability that can't talk rapping with his computer on a cool. song. And it's like, my name is Jaco. Um, I like Harry Potter, but I'm no Draco. <laughs> like it's classic, man. I everyone, really enjoy it. It's everyone my- in the comments like, this guy's fucking using auto tune. This is bullshit. <laughs> uh, this guy sounds like he's biting Stephen Hawking. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's very wholesome. Get your own yeah. sound, yeah. bro. <laughs> Come on, guys. Punching a bit too far down. Yeah. But So I linked up with him and he's like, yeah. I'll show you this graffiti spot. Um, he picked me up at nine in the morning. We went to this big storm drain and it's called the Arena in Newcastle and it's like the kind of Hall of Fame of graffiti, you mm. know. And I've got there and I'm like, this is sick. Oh, let's take a selfie, mate. And he's like, yeah, sweet. I'm trying to find a good selfie. Can't get the good background. I'm like, oh, let's go down into the drain. And it's only like grass... Oh, Meter and a half slope. You did it drain. doing it for the gram. I did it for the gram. That's oh. embarrassing. Yeah, it is the worst way to yeah. hurt yourself. But yeah. Yeah, the thing is, I, I run over, slipped, went down, caught this ankle, snap, oh. rolled over on my side and felt it dangle like a UFC kick. You know what I mean? It was, oh. and like it, in Harry Potter when his arm just flops yeah, yeah. in the Quidditch game. So I, just, I, took, my se- I took my selfie on the ground and posted it up like, waiting for an ambulance. <laughs> <laughs> and I, selfie? I used the endorphins of, yeah. of, of social media and replying to people yeah. to distract yes. me from the fact my ankle was snapped. So really you got a good Instagram out of it anyway. I did, yeah. You achieved yeah. your goal. So that's well, that's a good little strat. Like if you're, if you're really, really hurt yourself, just go live. You'll be fine. Yeah, straight yeah. up. Well, I kind of used that hype while I was in hospital to just hustle the merch because I was out of action for like two months <laughs> and I'd just met my partner's family and been there for three days and snapped my ankle. So mm. I didn't want to just sit on the couch for the next three months like, yeah. thanks for having me. Yeah. So I used the sympathy of being stuck in hospital to hustle merch to my fan base to get by. This and is how hey, you be homeless for 18 months with money. Yeah. This is how you do it. <laughs> And shout outs to all my fans that supported me through that time because yeah. it was a pretty hard time and <laughs> I'm very grateful for the people that support me. You know, it was financially it was, and the validation. Yeah, exactly. Well. <laughs> Better than the green whistle for sure. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> I've never done it. I've never hurt myself enough to, to warrant good, the man. green whistle. It was good. People say it's I the best thing ever. There's, there's a photo of me getting put into the ambulance on a stretcher because they had yeah. to get 12 firemen to come down and carry me out. <laughs> they, had to, they had to carry me out. Oh, this bloke was trying to take an Instagram selfie in the storm drain. Well, I just I didn't tell them about the Insta bit. I just told them I was looking at graffiti. 
That's tougher. Yeah, that was on my medical report. Yeah, that is, mu- that is much but tougher. But there's a photo of me in the stretcher getting put into the ambulance like this. <laughs> With a green whistle in my hand. <laughs> like, that is awesome. It's, it's Liddy. <laughs> but um, yeah, and then I spent a week in hospital in Newcastle. I was there for a few months and I recovered. And just when um, I went to head back to Tassie, I got a bone infection from the metal that they put in my leg. So I was just ready to go home. Finally, after this nine-month adventure of getting stuck on the mainland, Corona, album, ankle, everything, I was like, oh, finally going home, boat infection, another two surgeries. Um, yeah, was there just for a couple catch more a break. weeks. It was pretty rough. No, he, and did, then- he did. He broke his ankle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he caught a big uh, break. <laughs> yeah, it was a big break. That was my big break. And... Uh, yeah, finally got. I left. That Tassie. lady in in the, in the in the store could have used that break. Yeah, <laughs> <But> <laughs> so yeah I, le- I left Tassie back. Oh, in okay, February. Man. I forgive you. And I got back late October. Yeah, right. Yeah, so it was a mission. I get now why you wanted to see Tasmania. It sounds like you missed it. Yeah, I definitely yeah. did. But it, it was, smells you know, after though. after being in prison in Tasmania for a year, it wasn't bad getting out. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So, w- like, I know we we touched on it earlier. We, I haven't actually spoken to you about it. You spoke to it with Lewis on his podcast, mm. but I mean, that's so boring. What what <laughs> what's it like? You said before that you literally just were in a bunk all day. Aren't you allowed to go out? That was in um the supermax part. How long were you in there for? A month. Oh, yeah, that's so, hard. Yeah, that was an annoying month. That's the point. That's for sure. But um. I was in like the medium sort of place and you're in units. you got about eight fellas in a unit. You're allowed out into a big yard that's got a basketball court for like probably a total of seven hours of the day. And You know, you get out in the morning, go back for lunch to your unit and out in the other. But really like one is Tasmania. So I knew people as soon as I got in there. Were you, you like know. famous in prison? Yeah, there was a few people that knew who I was. But yeah. then there was also a few people that like, what does everyone know him? He hasn't yeah. been to jail before, you know, and, and I kind of cop that. But I just treated everyone with respect. It was polite. You know, I don't think I'm better than fucking anyone. And I think eventually they figured that out and came around to me, you know. Yeah. And one thing I learned there is that not everyone's going to like you, so don't make a big deal about it. Just get on with it, you know. Mm. But, and um, does it just feel like you're waiting? Like, is it like all day, is it just like when you're playing basketball, is it just like... Just waiting, yeah, doing your that, time. That's it, yeah. It, oh. Does it feel really unproductive? Yeah, well, it is for a lot of people, you know. Yeah. And like, fuck, I guess I, like, I've, I've heard since I left that, especially when Corona kicked in, it got 10 times worse down there. My, my caseworker from yeah. prison was at one of the regional shows and she came up oh, cool. and she was like, oh, my God, you did everything you said you are going to do and it's shit in there now. It was shit then, but it's worse and... They had to like close down all the programs and there's just nothing for the fellas in there, you know. It's it's literally just caged, you know what I mean? Mm. And that doesn't help anyone rehabilitate themselves. It comes down to the individual if they want to, but yeah, it's a hard one. But yeah, I, I think it's I was lucky in the sense it's Tassie, so you know people, a lot of people are related. Excuse me. And um as well, there's not. It's mostly white people. Like, there's you don't have the big segregation based on race. Where there's other prisons in the mainland where they only keep the Lebos over here and the Asians over here and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. We had like three Asians and they were sick. They were legends. Can't have a you gang know? with three. Yeah, yeah. not enough to people to incorporate. No, that's you know? it. 
and everyone, you know, a few Lebo fellas, and they were all legends, and there was a few black fellas as well, and there was no race shit in that sort of way, yeah, you right. know. And um, whereas I know that's a big, big issue in the mainland, especially, yeah, different sort of nashos that are all through And, and did you make any friends? Yeah, I made a lot of good friends. And like now that you're, are they out now? Well, so one of my good friends I made, his name's Kane, mm. and his name's Kane Richardson. And if you Google him, you can go have a look at his history, but he's carried on. You know, he's been done for like million dollar drug. His history's and, a good Google. Yeah, yeah, he's a good Google. Yeah. He's been done for like million dollar drug and gun se- um, seizures. He's been done for him and five other fellas kidnapped a Melbourne fella, held him at ransom for 75 grand, all sorts of shit. Yeah, have a look on Google. Kane Richardson. But, um, <laughs> I, t- I taught him how to rap. How did you describe him? He's carrying on a bit. Oh, he, yeah. <laughs> He, he, he carries I agree. He's, he's, come on, Kane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stop carrying on, mate. He, he, carry, he used to carry right on with it. Yeah. And, yeah. He, and he'd be carrying at the time as well. Yeah. And, you know, he's, he's like, he, he carried on in there. Like, you know, he, he chucked a tanty once and there was two screws tasing him in the face and he was still swinging. Like, he. <laughs> and. Um, screws is what you guys call the. Guards. Yeah. Pr- pr- prison guards. Yeah. Yeah. And. Um, this but is yeah, going to open a lot of people's eyes listening to this. Yeah, but Kane, like, you know, he got locked up first at the age of 11. He had a really rough upbringing mm. and he'd never spent more than six months to a year out of jail since the age of 11 and he's my age, he's 30, you know. And so he'd spent most of his life in there and he was at it's a point crazy. where... I mean, when you cage someone like an animal like that for their whole life, yeah. like how are they supposed to reintegrate? Yeah, 100%. like it's crazy that he's doing so well. Now. Yeah, well, it's like yeah, the so he's been wanting to rap for the whole time. You know, it's like we all listen to Tupac as kids. I wanted to be a rapper. He wanted to be a thug. You know, and he lived the thug life to the fullest. Yeah, and um, and when I got in there, I noticed everyone like he said to me, he's always wanted to be a rapper, and all everyone around's like Kane couldn't be a rapper. You know, he can get your money back. But, <laughs> you know, like he can, he's good for this, but he can't do that, no. And it was that sort of put-down culture of, you know, stay in your place, mate, you can't do that. Mm. And I said to him, like, you can do whatever you want. And he was he's very smart because he spent so much time inside. He's, like, fucking read the dictionary back to front. He's written his own dictionaries of all his favourite words. Like, he's very intelligent book smart, you know. And um, he had shoeboxes full of raps that he'd written, but he'd never had any way to use it or do it or anyone mm. to encourage him. So I sat there with him and because I managed to get beats brought into the prison. It took me a couple months, but I got yep. a beat CD with instrumental beats I see brought it. in and bought a PS2. Got my mate Dunners to get a PS2 from a cash converters. So he brought that in and I could use the PS2 to play beats through my little prison TV. Yeah, cool. And, um, Plus so Ratchet and Clank on the weekends. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, I played some GTA 3. I went Hell back, yeah. you know, like... San Andreas, my yeah. man. And um, <laughs> is that three? Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. no that's oh, pre- really? pre Vice City. It's GTA Three, oh. Vice City, then San Andreas. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Sorry. And um, yeah. So you know, we spent a bit of time in there, and he got out like a month before I did. And I was saying to him, "Whatever you do in that month, don't carry on." <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Don't carry on. Yeah. Just stay chill. I'll Unless be out. Unless it's a flight, no fucking carry on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um. Since we re- like, I got out. I got him in the studio. Recorded his first song. I made a video clip to it, and I've put that up on the THC channel. It's called Kane, Ruthless Northerner, 
and um, it's sick. Yeah, I'll have it's, to check it out. It's real, man. It's ta- this is this is a Tassie gangster rap if there ever was, you know, and um. The only gangster in Tassie, it sounds like. No, there's a few. (laughs) I think there is rules to listen to Kane's music. You have to Google him first and read a few things and then you listen to the music and then you go, cool. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) And since we put that first song out, I've linked him up with a producer called Lockie Hamill. Uh, He lives down in Hobart and he's a real nice young fella who's at the the con for music. Mm. And, you know, so he's doing uni and he's got a studio and I've linked them two up and it's interesting because he got, you know, big staunch Kane and this little 20-year-old fella from the con making beats and he's pumping it and he's recorded about nine songs for his album so far. Yeah. He's been out of prison um, over a year and a half, which is the longest in his adult life. That's great. You know, it's massive positive impact. And Dude, also, it seems like you had a really positive impact on his life. Definitely. But he also had a, he was a very motivated fella and he, he gave me some really good advice and helped me motivate myself to do everything I did with my album. Yeah. So I felt it was only right to, you know, give that back. And um, we've done a few, we did an interview with ABC, done a few things. It hasn't Mm. been aired yet because uh, they fucked up in their reporting and they came and um, interviewed us, but they asked him about crimes that he'd done and they didn't ask him if he was convicted for them, which is illegal as a journalist. So, oh, we, so he, you have to show that bad things happen when you do bad things. Yeah, exactly. Otherwise, it's irresponsible reporting. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, there's a yeah. lot of weird rules like that. Like, mm. like we were told when talking about suicide, you can't say they're in a better place, or you can't make it sound like a solution. You have to also say it, it's bad that that happened. Mm. You must say that. Yeah, for a lot sure. A lot of weird little rules that I suppose are good rules. Yeah, I remember that. There was like a there was like a day at the radio. They were like, by mm. the way. Yeah. This just in case it ever comes up, this is yeah. what you do. Yeah. And um, they were really adamant about it because it's like a breach of their broadcasting mm. code or something mm. like that. Yeah, for sure. Um, Mel, that sounds like that's great. So, who should people look out for coming up before we end it? Like in this, you know, well, you got you a few should, guys down should, there. You should check out the rap battle. Uh, C Rossi versus Chuckles. Dude, this C Rossi guy. I've been watching him all week in your yeah. gram. It's like this sixteen-year-old kid. Yeah, from Hobart. Little white boy puffer jacket. I think that's why I relate to him. Uh, <laughs> and um, dude, he, he he crushes it. Yeah, he did really well. He's funny, and he like he's just I don't know what it is. He's like you know when you watch someone and they're like quite young, and you're like, oh, this person's got it. So when yeah. we we're doing the regional tour, we did a show in Newbina, which is right next to Port Arthur. Yeah. yeah. So we wanted to do a show in Port Arthur. Wasn't a venue. Picked the closest pub, and he's from down that area. And one of like my big fans said, oh, can we get a young fella on? And that's what I'm all about. So I was like, yep, if he's, you know, comes to the pub with his uncle so he can get in, yep. no worries. And he rocked up in a flanny and got Sick. up on stage and just had instant confidence, instant energy. Awesome. Just got up, started rapping his ass off. Crowd's going nuts and he's going, yeah, on stage. And I was just like, Dang. Crazy. Well, this 16. Kid. 16. Nice. I would not have yeah, had the he's confidence. Still in to grade 10 in high school, you know. That's and why I didn't start till I was, uh, fuck, I was like 20. Like 18 or 19. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I was 19. I so, yeah, it was crazy to see that. And um, and then after that, I thought, this is sick. And I went and filmed a little video clip for him and his mate, put it on THC. It got, did pretty well, got, some, you know, a bit of attention. And yeah, and then he's, he's connecting with a bunch of other fellas that I'm helping out from Launceston and they're like collabing and travelling up and down and working together. So it's so good because I plant these seeds with all these fellas. Yeah, it's cool, and, man. And, you know, my biggest thing is that like 
I can't be the guy to always try and help everyone, but I'm just trying to teach people, you know, how to do it. Give them the tools. Give them the tools. Even when I was know. making music, you just helped me out and you were like, these are the basics. Do yeah. this, don't do that. Good luck. Yeah, And it yeah. fucking helped so much. Oh, man. It showed in, in your, you know, Christopher Roo's, um release. Mm. Yeah, you had some really good stuff on there. And I think oh. back to when I was teaching you how to, you know, count bars. At my house yeah, you were teaching Melbourne. me how to count bars. Yeah. Like this, you know, this is how many bars are in a fucking four. I usually just do that in Brunswick Street. <laughs> like how many can we hit tonight, lads? There is there's one story that I want to tell you that I haven't been able to tell you because it happened like uh when I visited you uh in Risden the first time. Did I tell you about the guy that was sitting next to you when we were talking to each other behind the glass? This is when I visited you for the first time. I don't think I've told you. I think I saw you joke about it on your tour. Oh, Maybe. yeah. Yes, yeah, that. Oh, so you sent me footage of that. Yeah. I oh, saw you did a whole bit about how so, cool it is to have a friend in prison. What were your thoughts the, on that? The bit, the bit I was, was stoked because I'm in prison and like I can't do my shit. And I was like, someone's talking about it. Yeah, me. Lewis is carrying the torch here for me, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, because that was, the, the thing was, is, was supposed I was, to open for I me. I was meant to do the tour with Lewis. And yeah. that was like, because I, I got locked up for two months. I got out and then they're like, not long enough and sent me back. Yeah, mm. and I remember that. I was shattered. That was my biggest thing because I was like, fuck, I was meant to do a whole tour with Lewis and I had so much. I wrote you references. I, I was yeah. like writing to the judge. If Greeley can't come on my tour, it will financially impact me, and I'll have to cancel it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then he goes back to prison, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll figure it out, I guess. Yeah, fully. <laughs> yeah, but I visited. So I visited you in in, in Risden Prison. It's fucking scary. Like as a person going in, but they treat the, everyone in there because I flew from Melbourne to Tassie to visit mm. you. And I feel like no one does that. So the vibe was very much, oh, you guys know what you're doing. You're regular visitors. Yeah. Like from the guards, which is treating everyone like they're visiting family or girlfriends or, or boyfriends or whatever. So they everyone they just assumed I knew what I was doing. That and they didn't tell me. prison contributing to tourism Tasmania. <laughs> That's, yeah. That's a bit of tourism, yeah. Stimulating the economy. Well done. That was, that was a fucking banger. That was a banger, man. <laughs> That was very good. <laughs> <laughs> so I go in and and uh, and they go. I'm I'm assuming that I'll I'll get let in and it'll be like a hallway and there'll be a guard that will take me there. They just take all my shit and they put it in a locker and they go. Oh, just go in with Jim and I'm looking for like a security guard called Jim and it's just this guy who's also visiting someone. And I'm like, oh, okay. And then he just starts walking. No guards, no hallway. We just go into mm. the prison, into the yard. We're just inside it. And there's, it's not obvious at all where to go. So I'm like trusting Jim with my life. I'm like, if, this, if he's trying to bust his son out, I'm helping because I won't, I won't know where we're going. Yeah. So I just follow him and he does take me to the right spot. And then you and me start talking. For We sit down and start talking. It's great. Good to see you. But then... The guy who was visiting his son just sat there for ages and his son didn't come out at all oh, for like that's so sad. 20, 30 minutes. And I'm talking to you and I'm really happy to see you, but I'm really sad for this poor man because yeah. you only get one visitor a week, I think. Is that right? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. But the thing is, when you came down for that one, that's up a minimum. And because we were having a box visit, that's why they kind of let you into that area. So where you came in wasn't the prison yard, but some like minimum rate of prisoners are allowed in that area if they've got a job in that area sort of deal yeah whereas like i was on the other side and because we had a box visit 
They let us. In, they left us in there for three hours. Well, that was the second time. Oh, that was the second. The time. first time, I think this was when you were in the maximum one, I believe. Yeah. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and then so I then eventually after half an hour with no other guy, the dad sitting there by himself. This terrifying looking guy comes in. There's only about seven minutes left. He sits down. They don't say hello at all. Dad just starts going, "Hey, mate, how you going?" And he goes, "Yeah, I'm good." And he goes, "All right, remember this." And then he just starts going seven. Five, three, like just reeling off numbers, like code. Yeah. And the guy's just like memorizing it and he goes, say it back. And he says it back. And I'm ignoring the fuck out of you. You're talking to me. I'm listening to these, <laughs> this going on. I'm like, oh my God, this is some kind of under a jailbreak or something. Within a week of that visit. I don't know. I couldn't say anything to you. I wanted to be like, what the fuck are they talking about? Yeah, What's right. this? I don't have any memory. Barely. Now it's, it's been so long, man. I yeah. barely even remember that first visit. Yeah, it's um, it's pretty interesting. The only thing I heard about was was the riot. Yeah, the riot was that was fun. sounded hectic, fun. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> it sounded awesome. Yeah, well, it was just because like after you're in there for a while, you're like, fuck, mundane, you know, like mm. something. Yeah, like you anything know. to talk about the next yeah. day. And um, so when it happened, it was. It was, you know, big yeah, the boys. <laughs> it was it's very yeah, Australian yeah. to be like, yeah, well, but we did it for the lads. Yeah, yeah. we did so. straight up, and it was a pretty funny one. Um, yeah, there was a and as was a far prison as prison riots well. go, it's oh one yeah, of tell, the tell us ones. about the the escape. Oh, I love the idea escape. of us escaping from a prison in Tasmania because you get out of the prison, but then, then you're, you're on in another Tasmania. prison colony. Yeah. Yeah. there's been there's been another guy that escaped once and had a boat waiting for him. And what he was going to do, Bass Strait? No, nah, not the Bass Strait. Where was he going? I don't know. Antarctica. He, he didn't get far. He didn't get far. I think he was just going somewhere else in Tasmania. Just cruise up the side. <laughs> but like, um, yeah, the the guy that escaped. I was in the same unit with him for a while and um, what he did, he actually got really fit over the course of a year. He managed to get himself up to the minimum security area. So he trained for it? Yeah, he'd definitely been thinking about it for a long time. How long Though, was he in for? Oh, he's in there for shooting a cop. So he, oh, okay, life. Fair while, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's and, um, but, that, but that's the thing about prison, you can't discriminate on what people have done because everyone's in there for, like you were probably in there for the least... Like terrible thing. Do you want no, to? I broke someone's jaw. You know. It's oh, should we tell drink driving people? And, you know what like really that. did. Oh, he so just did. Yeah, I broke someone's jaw because they were vandalizing a pub that I was doing a venue at, and they didn't go to hospital. Um, it developed into a life-threatening infection called Ludswing angina, and he ended up in a coma for a month and woke up because of the infection not because of the punch yeah but it was that from was the broken jaw from, you know yeah. i've had a lot of people be like yeah but and it's like yeah but i broke his jaw mm. i'm very grateful for the entire experience it helped me like put a lot of things into perspective that i've been so distracted with what i do and my passion for music and life in general it really gave me some time to sit back i read yeah. a lot i learned a lot about business and network marketing and since I've got out and I've released this album, I've been more financially stable. Even though I was unstable, broken ankle, you know, mm. traveling the country, corona, I was more fin financially stable than I've ever been in my life. So it was a massive benefit. And I haven't punched anyone since. Which That's is, good. you know, like, well done. hey. <laughs> and, you know, like throughout my 20s, there were a lot of times, especially working in hostile environments where there's drunk people and people yep. getting aggressive, mm. You know, a couple of times a year, I'd either have to defend myself or lose my temper in that situation and punch someone, you know, mm. and 
I haven't seen. So yeah, I almost got, and I don't got fucking want to bashed at the the hip hop gig you organised. I almost got into a fight because someone was offended by my jokes. Yeah, bashed. He was five foot six. <laughs> he was very angry. He was. I could see him imagining hitting me. Yeah, but yes, yeah, would have punched you in the cock. So yeah. at the end of the day, like that's what it was. Um, you know, and I'm I'm grateful for my experience, and I'm grateful for the impact that I've had on a lot of people in there. Um, and well, even like yeah. even giving just one prisoner a productive outlet yeah. to this shit that may have just sent him back, you that, know, the, that it. could have been his outlet is getting that out in a dangerous way. He can get it out in a creative way in music and everything exactly. like that. And like, I do feel like you know, I said before, I have punched people in my past. I do have guilt for it, and I do feel, you know, like I, I dealt with a lot of anger issues in my early years, and. Um, I used to take it out on other people and I felt really guilt for, guilt, guilty for it. And so a big part of what I do with hip-hop is me trying to give back and also, you know, make myself feel better about things that I've done in the past. Atone a little bit. Yeah, and finding that balance because, yep. you know, I'm, I'm not proud and quite embarrassed of some of my behaviour in the past, especially with, you know, the culture that we're a part of, a lot of alcohol, a lot of drugs, a lot of all that sort of shit, and I've been caught up in all. So, you know, to use that experience to try and make a positive impact is what helped me justify my actions in the past with myself. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. 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 I think that's great. Out of everyone in that culture, though, like I've met many people in your world, but like I think from someone who's not in it, it's very intimidating. Mm. Like we like often joke that Lewis has like, you know, crazy friends and like criminal friends and stuff. And, yeah. and it is intimidating if you're not in that world, but the first time I met you, I think I was a bit intimidated maybe. And then I, as soon as I met you, I was like, oh, yeah, he's like sorry. the nicest dude ever. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and it's just one of those things where I guess you li you live in two worlds a bit. You know yeah. how to mm. uh, act around everyone and you're just like respectful and yeah, a really good dude. That, oh, that's what I try to be, man. And um, it's interesting, you know. Like, it's impressive because I've been like, an asshole. And like <laughs> if I was in yours. <laughs> Fair enough. But, like, fears, you know, interesting like that, intimidation feeds into that. Like, it's what you don't know. Yeah. You know, and that was, like, mm. I met some guys in there that I've heard of half my life, and I'm like, in my head, that guy's the boogeyman. Three months later, we're playing Call of Duty at 3 a.m. on the PlayStation, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And getting along like a house of fire, sipping cup of chai tea, <laughs> you know. Yeah, like, yeah. I remember you was, took me, when I went to my Hobart show, you took me to the housing commission in Hobart. Mm. And I was like, fuck, this is going to be scary. And it was lovely. I had a great Nicest, most time. real people you meet. I remember but, you put up a photo being yeah. like, this is the real people. Yeah, you but know, like, like, say what? if you didn't walk in with him, uh, would it have been as nice? Well, that would yeah, be breaking and entering. Yeah. True. <laughs> True. No, it was great. Look, we had a great time. They showed me security camera footage of someone trying to break in and then <laughs> using violence to get them away. It was a good time. Yeah. It was a good time. Yeah. That's what would happen, actually. Yeah, they would no, they would be sitting someone else down on the couch and going, watch this bash, this cut. No, yeah. to, be, and to be honest, man, I find there's a lot, like, you know, in the, the disadvantaged areas, people are realer, more humble. They're not it's caught true. up in that shit. Yeah, there's a more yeah. sense of a community, you know. Like, how's those, the show's pretty on point with a lot of areas, you know. and mm. But the same thing, they've got more community than... Like in the rich suburbs that, you know, only time they make yep. awkward eye contact is putting out the bins. You mm. know what I mean? Like it's, Absolutely, yeah. yeah, so. yeah. Struggle 
brings people together. It really does. As bad as it is, yeah. when everyone has the same problem. Like, remember when COVID happened to the world and no one was fighting on Twitter for about three months? Yeah, Because everyone had a, had a real problem. Yeah, that's <laughs> exactly it, man. Yeah. Yeah. Mate, thanks so much for coming on. No worries. Thanks for having me, guys. This and is such a great episode. You. One of the most, you're right. I think we can conclude with how we started. You are probably the most interesting person I've ever met. <laughs> Thank you, guys. And I just want to say, I'm really proud of both of you and everything that you've built here. And, Thank you know, you. and as, as you guys both work together and work individually, I'm, I'm really, you know, it makes me chuffed to see where you guys are at and oh, man. Thank how you. far you're going. And I'm very grateful to be, you know, on here and seeing how many. Awesome interviews you're doing with absolute legends from around the country in different industries, and it's awesome. It's Good great. to have so, you part of it. Yeah, I'm Thanks very humbled on, to be a part of it. All um, right. Well, well, what are you doing next? Where can people find you? What are you working on? So I fly to Perth tomorrow night to record a new album. Awesome. Uh, we had a show on Saturday because it got locked down. The show's been postponed for a month, so we're going to Perth for a month, and then we'll be going to Newcastle yep. um, and performing with Nerve at the Cambridge yep. um, July 1st. And then we'll probably be going down to Adelaide for a few weeks and doing a show down there July 10th and then go back to Tassie and start touring it again. <laughs> awesome. We'll put links to all of that in the description if you guys want to check it out. Thank you very much, Greeley. Check out his music, check out all his socials and check out Kane. Yeah, check Kane out. Yeah. His album will be out in September. Brilliant. All right. Thank you so much, man. We'll talk to you guys in a few days. Yeah.